Hey, how's it going? Xander Fryer, best-selling author and CEO and founder of High Impact Coaching here. And you are listening to the High Impact Coaching Podcast, the podcast for coaches by coaches and designed to help coaches build and scale profitable coaching businesses so that they can get to the people around the world that really need them. On this podcast, you're going to have everything from tactics, live tactics and strategies. You're going to have motivational content. You're going to have interviews with the top experts in the world in different spaces to help you grow and scale your business and get to the thousands of people that need you. It's our belief that coaches are at the front of the spear when it comes to world change. And we want to make sure that you have all the resources that you need to get to the people that really need you. So that being said, if you need our help in any way, shape or form, feel free to go to Zan xanderfryer.com. We've got tons of other resources and support at xanderfryer.com. If you want to join our free Facebook community with thousands of other six-figure, multiple six-figure, and seven-figure coaches, you can go to xanderfryer.com forward slash FB group. And if you're interested in getting our help in the short term, coaching you one-on-one or mentoring you one-on-one to scale your coaching business to six figures in the next 90 days or taking it to seven figures over the next 12 months, go ahead and check out a couple of our programs at xanderfryer.com forward slash programs and feel free to set up a quick 15-minute call with our team to see what we can dig into, find what's not working in your business, and see how we can help you scale to that next level. Other than that, I'll see you in the next episode. All right. Getting moving, getting going. Beautiful. So as we get moving, as we get going, I just want to let everybody know right now, welcome to the High Impact Coaching Podcast. We are officially live here with Josiah Kaufman, former Navy SEAL, CEO and founder of The Warrior Calling, and obviously the head coach for your SEAL Ready program, where you actually teach people how to become SEAL ready and actually become Navy SEALs. Just, I'm super psyched to, to interview you. I've always had a fascination with, with uh, the SEALs myself, uh, coming from a little bit of a military background, but um, Josiah, welcome to the show. Thanks, brother. Yeah, dude, I've been looking forward to this day and I have, uh, yeah, man, I've, I'm just so excited about 2021. I know if people have crazy things that happened last year and dude, 2021 is going to be great for everybody here. I agree, man. I, so before we dig into your story, because I think I really want to dig into a lot of what you've done in terms of, you know, after obviously leaving the Navy SEALs, building your coaching business now uh, on the side of your nine to five to be able to leave mm-hmm. last month and go full time. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot that I want to dig into there, but, but let's talk about that for a second. 2020 was a weird year. Dude, right? like, it was, it was very weird. And I think the name of the game for, for anybody entrepreneur or anybody living right now is adaptability. And I think yeah. that the people that can adapt through all these changes and, and things that are going on and it's, you know, out of our control really. And yeah. we just have to live our life through this, but it's who can adapt in this time. And that's the biggest lesson learned for me over the past uh, five, six months as I stepped into to, to working with you and the team is that it's just learning how to be adaptable in this time. Cause that's the people that can do that are the ones that are going to make an impact really. Yeah. There's, there's that Howard Thurman quote. He says, uh, the learners will inherit the earth mm-hmm. while the learned find themselves perfectly equipped for a world that no longer exists. It's true. Right? So true. Man. Always comes yes. back to adaptability. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, man. I'm sure, I'm sure you got, I'm sure you got a little dose of adaptability in the seals. Absolutely. I mean, it's all about getting out of your comfort zone too, right? So yeah, uh, yeah. let's step into that for a minute. I, I joined back when I was, was 19, 20 years old yep. and I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I mean, I, my background was not anybody that you would imagine would be a SEAL, right? I was a skinny kid. <laughs> I, I was like that. My mom teaches 
teaches piano, right? And yeah, and I was just it's a very skinny kid. There was no there, if you saw a picture of me when I was sixteen, you'd be like, dude, that kid has has no no purpose being there, a seal. There's no way that you're making it. Well, yeah, fitting, hell no. Fitting now that you're tr- you 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 train seals and now you train people to become seals. You know, it's like yeah, if I can make the skinny kid with the piano teacher mom be an awesome seal, exactly. like I can do it for you. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't matter who you are. We can make this happen. And that was one big thing for me was just, you know, when you find that purpose and calling in your life, and that's really what I help people dig into is finding that. And what is that? Maybe, maybe you don't want to be a seal, but maybe you want to train like one, or maybe you want to, you want to level up in life. And it's, it's being okay with that and finding what that purpose is and finding what your calling is and then going all in on that. And that was a big thing thinking about the last five, six months for me was what is my next purpose and calling in life. I'm not a seal anymore, Yeah, but what does that look like for me? So that's, yeah, it's been a, it's, it's been big, a big journey for me. Honestly, it's been a big, a big learning experience, especially the past few months. So, so let's, let's talk about now and then let's go, let's go back in time. So now you and I were just kind of chit chatting a little bit. You, you legitimately just quit your nine to five, uh, like 30 days ago, pretty much. Uh, Yeah. December, what was it? December 10th or 11th was my last day and my nine to five. Yeah. And that job, I, I, I worked as hard as I could to get it. Right. It was a nine to five here in San Diego working real estate and I had no background in real estate. I had no background with working with those types of folks. And I got this great job. It was what everybody wants to get. And then the pandemic six figure role. You've got, you you have two kids, right? I have two kids. Yeah. I just had, uh, I have a five-year-old and we just had a baby about seven months ago. So yeah, you know, young family and I locked in a job and then the pandemic hit. Yeah. And so as I was going through my job, you know, working from home, it's a good paying job. I just, I wasn't feeling that fulfillment and especially guys coming out of the military, which is something we can talk about is stepping away from the military is one of the hardest things you can do. And you've worked with folks like this in the past, but it's, you need to find that next calling and purpose for you because you have that for, for that masculine energy for men, like, purpose, mission, calling is such an important part of your career, right? It's it's never just about making money. And especially when you've been in the military and you've had purpose and calling Mm -hmm. along that. So, yeah. And so I had to find something for else for me. And it was, I found my nine to five, right? I found what everybody tries to do when they get out of the military is you got to find that job. You got to lock that in. You got to do your networking. You got to step into that. And, And so I did all the things I went to, there's some great organizations that helped SEALs transition. So I did all of that. I worked on my LinkedIn. I, I did all my networking. <laughs> I traveled around the States meeting people yeah. and you know, putting on the suit and tie. We actually, we moved to London or England for about a year after I got out and I worked at Goldman Sachs in the corporate world. And I would just, oh, wow. so I was like stepping into everything I could to, to find my next calling, to find what I could do, you know, to not number one, serve my family and make money. Yeah. And number two, just to find what my next step in life was. Yeah. And uh, through this past few years or the past year, really, it's just been, I felt empty, right? I haven't felt fulfilled. And yeah, fast forward to December, I, I made that decision. Obviously, we started working together before that, but it was working through all that and figuring out life and then making that call and, and actually yeah, talk, stepping into that. Yeah. Talk, talk to me about like what, so so obviously you, you spent, you, you left the SEALs at you said it was the seven, it was, uh, 2017. Yeah. So it was 11 years I served in the, in the military. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's a, it's, that's when you make the decision, right? Most people you stay in for 20, 
are you going to get out? And it's right around that 10, 11. Yeah. So, so you got out of after 11 years in the military, in the Navy, Mm -hmm. and you start, you, you get into the the private sector, you're doing Goldman Sachs, you're, you're doing other stuff. So you, you Mm -hmm. get this like six figure role in real estate. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, at the beat, you said you beginning of 2020, right? It was the end of 2019. Yeah. End of 2019. Yep. End of 2019, right before everything, everything crazy. Yeah. And you're like, obviously at this point you're making money. You've got two kids to support. You're living in Mm -hmm. San Diego, which is not a cheap place to live. I know because I live there. Um, so, so you're, you're starting to make good money. You're being able to support the family. Like obviously the big piece is you're feeling empty though. Right. So, so what kind of, what started to pull you towards that coaching thing? Where was it? So especially during my last few years in the service being, I was a buds instructor. So I was in second phase. I was putting guys through uh, the dive phase. So for four years, I did that. That was the last part of my four career. Years, you were the guy the that drowned people, dude. And so now, and now you're saving people fitting. Exactly. It, <laughs> dude, it was, it's a trip, man. It really is being in the water. You're literally in the water almost on a daily basis with these, these kids, right? They're these kids that want to be seals and you are there as the gatekeeper. You are there not only facilitating the process of buds and helping these guys figure out who should be a seal, but you're also training them, right? You're training them, you're mentoring them. And that piece of being an instructor, the mentorship, the instruction, the the training, being a teacher. You're coaching at one of the most elite levels at that point. Right. And I felt that's where I felt the most fulfillment. It wasn't, I worked hell weeks, right? I worked, I helped in first (laughs) phase. Second phase was where I wanted to be because that's where they start teaching you. Right. Yeah. That's where you start getting instructed. That's where I wanted to be. That was the background I had from the SEAL teams. I came from uh, the team in Hawaii. We, we did the mini sub driving. So I had that background of actually going out on missions, subsurface, doing things around the world, top secret missions. Yeah. And I wanted to continue with what a, with the background that I had. And I wanted to give back to the community. So that's why I stepped into second phase to bring my diving experience, real world mission experience to, to these new guys that want to come in and be seals. And so when I worked hell weeks, I, I enjoyed it, you know, seeing these guys go through the toughest week of training and, and, you know, they're, they're out there for, you're literally not sleeping for a week yeah. and you're, you're getting everything thrown at you, uh, carrying logs, running with boats on your head. You're literally running everywhere you go. Dudes are dropping around you. And what's left at the end of hell week in first phase is that core group of guys yeah. that really, really want to be there, but they're not taught anything yet in first phase yeah. and second phase. First, I first felt, phase is all about just making sure you can handle it. Exactly. Weeding out the guys that shouldn't be there. Yeah. yeah. And so then we start teaching in second phase. And when I stepped on the podium and I started teaching, we had mentorship sessions. We would sit down with each of the guys uh, and the group of guys, each, each a class or seven weeks long, and I just found that I loved it. I, I love teaching. I love mentoring these guys. I love coaching them. And so, man, when I left the military, I, I lost that. Right? Yeah. I lost that piece of, of just speaking into these guys' lives and seeing them grow, seeing their transformation over seven weeks, seeing when they come in. These guys had never been in the pool before and dove with a mouthpiece and a regulator and you know tanks on their back. And by the end of it, they're diving closed circuit with rebreathers they're planning their own dives they're they're diving in san diego in coronado bay they're hitting targets and you're just standing back and seeing what you've done with these guys over the past seven weeks and that fulfillment that you feel as an instructor is just it's pride right it's pride and it's it's like you feel like you're you're 
you're on top of the world. And so I left that, right? I left that behind and I was missing that, especially when I left in 2017. Yeah, I think, and it's it's so interesting you bring that up too, because in, in my opinion, you know, we were talking about as a as a masculine energy, the importance of having purpose and mission in your life. Um, you know, in my opinion, one of the most purposeful things you can do is actually helping others, right? Mm-hmm. Helping, helping, educating, training, giving, coaching others. Uh, you know, really is one of the most yeah. purposeful things that we as humans can do. So that's absolutely. Obviously- yeah, obviously missing when you get into the nine to five world and you're, yeah. you, you know, you know that you need to bring that back. Right. Is that, that kind yeah. of what it sounds like? Exactly. Yeah. It was missing. Right. I, yeah. I felt that that need, that hole was not being filled. And so I was like, let's, let's figure out how to do this. So on the side, I started uh, an Instagram, a social media, and I was working my nine to five. Uh, we had moved to England. Um, yeah. I got a job at Goldman Sachs Worked there for a little while. I finished my master's degree. I did everything you're supposed to do when you get out. You finish your degree, right? You go work at corporate America. You go, you go work at some big name corporate yeah. America. Yeah. yeah. I did all that stuff that you're supposed to do. I got my connections on LinkedIn and I, I built my network and it just, dude, it wasn't, it wasn't making it for me. It wasn't fulfilling. And at the end of the day, I saw the, the people in my the, the organization I was working in, you know, they're making good money. However, the time freedom is not there for them. Yeah, uh, They don't have a fulfilling life. They're, they're barely there with their family on the weekend. And it was, well, why, why did I leave the military? Right. Well, Cause yeah. I was leaving on deployments and, and I was gone all the time in the military. Well, a lot of these jobs are, are doing the same thing and you, you don't have that sense of purpose behind you and you're making money for all these other Maybe people. Maybe you make a little bit more money, but you're giving yeah. up the purpose. Exactly. And, and that was like, that's why a lot of people go back in after they try stepping out of the military for a few years and it just doesn't work out. They step back in because that's, it's comfortable, right? Number one. And number two is they find that purpose. That's where they feel like they're being fulfilled. And so actually I I knew I couldn't go back to service. There's a few things that that went down personally in my family and also the personal decision that I have kids now. I don't want to be gone on deployments for six to nine months when I have little boys and it's just, I want to be there for them. Yeah. Right. So that also, you know, some decisions I made that I wanted to, to just stay out of the military, but I was missing that piece. And so that's when I started coaching guys on the side, just as a yeah. side hobby. So you started, you started your kind of side hobby coaching business. It sounds like a couple of years ago. Yeah, it was, it was probably when I was actually in, in England, I started social media. I just started posting pictures for my career, some, yeah. some lessons learned on there. And it really was like, oh, I can't start this business until I actually get back to the States in the end, what was the beginning of 2019 is yeah. when I could actually launch this. And so I waited, but I started my social media yeah, a couple of years ago, just on the side, yeah. seeing what would happen. So talk me, talk me through those, those first couple of years of, of kind of trying to build that coaching business uh, through 2019 mm-hmm. and 2020. What were some of the things that you do, what did? What were some of the big uh, mistakes that you may have made during that time period? Because I think everybody goes through that, that uh, it's almost like a gestation period, right? It's like this mm-hmm. time period of like, uh, really kind of learning and, and understanding. We make a ton of mistakes. We do a bunch of things the wrong way before we yeah. figure out how to do it the right way. Right. Yeah. I didn't know what I was doing. Like, I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know where to start. I, I started following. They didn't teach media. you. They didn't teach you that yeah. at Buds. No, nah, they don't teach any of that stuff. They, <laughs> they teach you everything to, to crush life in the military and, and, and yeah. dominate the, the enemy. But as far as like starting a business, Oh, that's another thing these transition programs that help military men and women 
step out of the service, the, a lot of them are focused on getting you that corporate job, career, it's networking, yeah, all that stuff, career. Yeah, career. yeah, yeah. And so they're not focused on helping entrepreneurs. Well, most of them aren't. And so you're kind of on your own, right? You're on your own. So I didn't really know what I was doing. I, I knew I needed to finish my master's degree. You're like, I feel right. like there might be a partnership in the future between you and I around this. We're going to have to talk. <laughs> okay. I know. I, I've been thinking about this, honestly. I really have. And this is something that's it's huge, right? And I even went to a transition program for three months. They had one night of entrepreneurship and they basically said, who's got an idea? Who wants to be an entrepreneur? We're basically going to stand up here and shoot your ideas down. Is basically what they said. Like you're not going to make it. Is kind of what they're, they're the people leading well, this program are saying. <laughs> exactly. So you don't feel like you can do it. Yeah. You know, you're 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 feeling like it's impossible for you. Yeah. However, I knew that that's really what I wanted to do. Eventually, I just knew that I needed to step into some job that's going to pay the bills, yeah. and I'm going to work my side hobby, side hustle until I could make it. You know, make this thing full time. Yeah. But I realized as I started that, that I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. I didn't know. I've never done, uh, you know, any online programming. I knew kind of what I wanted to do, but I'd never d had done any coaching online. I've done yeah. in-person coaching. That's literally all I've done. Um, I've never done any sales calls. I had, didn't know how to do a sales call. Um, so I knew I had a lot of gaps in the, in the, what I needed to learn. Yeah. And so I started following a bunch of entrepreneurs online on Instagram. I found you started following you for a year or so before I actually reached out, but I was kind of bouncing around, man. I was, I was honestly, I was bouncing around from job to job, figuring out life. We moved to San Diego and then I had to get serious with this. Yeah. So, so when you move to San Diego, we get serious with it. Obviously you make some changes and you start to get, to get focused. What were some of the biggest shifts that you made that really allowed you to get the business up and running? You know, obviously you and you and mm -hmm. I just kind of mentioned, you know, you've had a couple months in a row where you're bringing in, you know, 12 ish K, which mm -hmm. is more than you were in your nine to five. And you were doing that yes. on the side. Like you were doing that yeah. completely on the side, like while, while in a, a heavy burden nine to five, you're bringing in 12 K a month. Like yeah. what were the big shifts that you had to make to get to that point? Well, I had to treat it like my life depended on it. And I love that. so a lot of, I think a lot of guys want to, they want to do their own thing or yeah. men and women, when they, they do their nine to five, they want to start something on the side. And I had to go all in. And that's one of the reasons why I was looking for a coaching uh, program is somebody that could take my hand and walk me through the process, yeah. be there when I have questions. And cause that's what I knew that I, I needed to do that. I needed to invest in myself and you have to be able to take that risk. You have to be able to take that step forward because you really, you can't, you're not going to get anywhere if you don't take a, take that leap. Okay. If you yeah. just try to take safe steps along the way, you're going to dabble in something, you're going to be a hobbyist, but you're really yeah. not going to see impact. And it might take you five to 10 years before you can actually quit your nine to five and by that time, maybe you're making more money and it's even harder for you. Your family's locked into where you live, the way of life. And it's just, it's harder. So I knew that if this is something I wanted to do, I had to jump all in. I had to invest in myself. Uh, we didn't have a lot of money because we had moved from England. We had used all our savings to yeah. live in England. So we moved to San Diego with literally four grand in the bank as savings and started my nine to five, but we bought a house, right? We bought a house. We had to have two cars so my wife could work, I could work. And so we didn't have... <laughs> It uh, honestly was necessity as well to, to step into this yeah. new idea that I had of being a coach, an online trainer. I love that. And I love, I love what you said about like having to fully commit, right. As, as a, another San Diego boy, right. Like there's the Tony Gwynn quote. He says, you can't steal second while staying mm -hmm. on first. So right? true. Like you have to, you have to give up first to steal second. Exactly. Always stay on first base. Right. Yeah. 
Exactly, man. So it was, it was taking that leap, right? It was, it was coming to grips with, okay, let's do this. Let's make this happen. And it was make that investment and let's, let's actually start, get a coach, right? Train me, teach me what I need to know. And then it was implement because a lot of people, they buy these courses or they start reading books, they start listening to podcasts and it might take them another few years before they actually start implementing or they just never do it at all. And they, they, uh, they don't really take advantage of it, but you have to take action. You have to take messy action. I know you guys talk about this all the time. And literally, if you don't take messy action, you're, you're not going to get anywhere. And so literally my program was built. It's like you jump out of a plane, you build your parachute on the way down. Yeah. I started making sales calls before my program was all the way completed and built. I didn't, I knew what I was going to do. I knew the process I was going to take. These I remember, through. I remember that conversation that we had, you were literally like, yeah, like I'm still figuring out this, this, and this, but I think I just sold three people into the program. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy, man. And it, it was like the weirdest feeling though, because I started making more money in this in the first couple months than I was in my nine to five. And I realized that dude, this is when you commit, right? You, number one, you commit to it. You take massive action, even though it's messy action and it's it's following your purpose yeah. and you have, it's going to work out for you, right? It is. And you just, you have to take that, that leap of faith. You have to take that risk. And people, especially in 2020, do not want to take risks. I think you're hitting on things that I think are so important for everybody to realize, right? Like we all love, everybody in the coaching space loves self-development. We all love Mm -hmm. developing as people, but part of it can become, it can also almost become an addiction to information rather than like you mentioned, like number one, fully committing, right? Rather Mm -hmm. than just like committing to, oh, this is an idea I want to do someday. It's an oh, this is an idea I have to make happen today. Right. right. That's number, like that takes it out of this, like I'll get there eventually to like, there is no better time than now. Right. And then also the other thing, like getting out of information and getting into implementation. Cause mm-hmm. just like you mentioned, there's no shortage of information out there. Like all the answers to build a coaching business, there's podcasts, there's websites, there's blogs, there's YouTube videos. There's everything that you need. There's, there's our Facebook group. Like there's everything yeah. that you need to know from an information standpoint. Mm-hmm. but there's something that happens when you get accountability, get a coach, get the pointed next action steps and the implementation actually starts. The messy action actually starts. Exactly. Yeah. Cause it, I mean, there, you're right. There's so much information out there. There's just too much information. Yeah. However, you have to, you have to find something and follow it. It's just like you get on a diet, right? If you don't follow that diet, then what's the, what's the point of even starting not, it? Not going to work. Yeah. So it'll work I, if you work it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You have, you have to follow the steps. And I, I knew that I was starting from square one that I had no background. So I was like, well, I got nothing to lose. I'm just going to follow this and whatever they say, whatever they tell me to do, I'm going to do. And blind I start, faith. That's dude, my favorite. Just I have blind faith, man. That's <laughs> what it takes, man. It's what it took. And you know, it worked, right? It worked for me. Started getting on these, uh, these coaching calls with clients and I was able to pull in just off my Instagram, I was, I would send out a, a message, right? I would send out some type of call to action. Like, Hey, I'm looking for three to five guys that are looking to, to train like a Navy SEAL or go to buds in 2021, reach out to me. I would get over 200 DMS on just off one post. And I only had 5,000 followers. And so yeah. when I realized that this is, this is no joke, right? This is going to blow up here and I'm not prepared. <laughs> I'm not ready. I don't know what I'm doing. I have the, I have the, the passion and I have the background. I have everything for me. Right. But I don't have the skills. 
Yep. And that was, and coming from the SEAL teams, you're taught a lot of skills, right? You're taught to train your ass off. It's part of my language, but you're taught to train hard, right? You're taught to train as hard as you possibly can because you want to put everything in your, you know, home court advantage, right? You want to overpower the enemy in every aspect. And so I knew that that's why I had to step into, I had to step into something that was going to fully prepare me in every way and, and get serious with it. Right. And, and coming from the SEAL teams, you have this, you have this drive. Most guys in the SEAL teams are all alphas, right? We want to, we want to be number one. We want to be winners, but at the same time, you have to have some type of humility because if you're not humble and you're like, well, I don't know this and you just want to think, you know, everything, then that's going to set you back. It's, right. It's, it's going to hinder you. Yeah. Yeah. It's really dangerous. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. Cause like one of the, you know, one of the wisest things that you can realize is that, you know, nothing, right. It's like, yeah. Once you, yeah. once you realize and you start to humble yourself and realize like, I need help. I need, I need to learn more. That's really what gets you there. I love yes. that, man. Yeah. Um, so, so tell me, obviously, you and I were kind of chatting a little bit around, you know, your last day was December 10th. 11th, 11th. Yeah. 11th? December 11th. Yeah. Yep. Um, you, you and I were kind of chatting before we actually hopped on live here. And one of the things that you mentioned, which I thought was hilarious and amazing is you said that quitting your nine to five, even though you're already making more money in your coaching business, quitting your nine to five is one of the most terrifying things you've ever done, including all the shit that you had to do as a Navy SEAL. Yes. Talk, talk like talk me through this <laughs> okay so it's the truth man i think what it comes down to is uh everything that i've been not brainwashed but when you step out of the military everything that that you're taught to do yeah. is to lock in that job that next thing for you i'm gonna call it brainwashed i'm yeah, gonna say okay. brainwashed <laughs> it's, it's brainwashing it really it really but is we're, in a lot we're, of ways. you know we've all been brainwashed you know from a young age like get that stable career yeah. make good money i, I was the yeah. same way right i was good yeah. at math and sciences so it was learn engineering become an engineer we'll always need engineers right so right? you'll have a yeah. stable career for the rest of your life dude right yes and i got the cybersecurity master's degree and so yeah. that's what everybody's like dude go into cybersecurity that's the next hot that's thing the, to do. That's the hot space to be. Yeah. yeah. So I got that and I worked at, you know, like we said, I worked at a few different jobs that were really, they're really great jobs, uh, you know, dream jobs for a lot of people. And, but the scariest thing for me was, was making that jump. And I told you it was back in November. I think we had one of our calls and I told you that, um, oh, you kind of were pushing me to give you the date. <laughs> that I was going to quit my job. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is getting real. Like this is getting really, real, really quick. Yeah. And yes, I'm making more money in my coaching business, but what if this is a fluke? You know, yeah. what if this is just something what if, random? What if it crumbles? What if it crumbles? Yeah. And so one of the other calls we had after that one was just kind of working through and, and, and helping me get through the process of making that decision and seeing worst case scenario, what, what would you do in this moment? If everything fell away and this thing didn't work out for you, you, you would survive, right? And you would make it work. You would figure it out. And we went through that whole process. And I think that really helped me. However, I still had to call up my boss, give him the two weeks notice. Yep. And this is the guy that is, is, uh, he, he loves the SEAL teams. Okay. And I did not, he's one of those guys that like almost like a father figure. He was one of the reasons why I actually got a job at this real estate company. And so disappointing him, I didn't want to do. And I wanted just, I wanted to be everything at this company. I wanted to just be that the rising star and all this stuff. And I made that call and it was it literally terrifying to call him and call the call the boss man and, and yeah. to say, hey, you know what? 
I'm, I'm deciding, you know, I know 2020 is crazy and nobody wants to step away from like, you're stupid. If you, if you quit your job in 2020, <laughs> yeah. right. People yeah. are trying to get their job. You're the idiot who quits his job in 2020 in a pandemic. Yeah. yeah. So I told him, you know what, but here's, here's my plan. This is what I want to do. And I feel this is my calling. This is what I want to do. I, I don't feel that uh, this is the wrong thing for me to do. And, you know, I've enjoyed working with the company, but I made that call. I made that decision. And yeah, it was literally the scariest thing I've done, right? In the SEAL teams, you're doing a lot of scary things all the time, right? Jumping out of planes. I mean, if you've never jumped out of a plane before without it, somebody there holding on to you or strapped to you, man, that's, that's a rush. That's a rush. And not, not, you know, also diving, man, diving around the world on, on deployments where if you are caught, like if your mini sub comes to surface and you're caught and your team is compromised, it could start some type of world world war with this, yeah. com- with this, with this, with this place, right? This country, we don't know what could happen if you're compromised because the yeah. places we would go are just, are that sketchy. And yeah. so of course there's scary moments. However, when your family and your well being of your family is on the line, it was just, it's another level yeah. of that you have to, of risk that you're taking it's, when it's you one quit thing, that nine it's, to five. It's one thing when it's you dying and possibly creating World War III. It's another thing when you've got your family's livelihood. Dude, I don't, you know, when it's, you say it that way, but that's true. It's amazing. It's, it's so true, man. <clears throat> and it was a scary moment. However, I knew it was the right thing to do. And as soon as I made that call and you helped me work through those, th- those thoughts and work through the process, it was the right thing to do. And I knew I was on the right path. We made that call. You have to take decisive action too. And I think that yeah. was one of the things for me is like, I know I need to make this decision and take decisive action because if I don't, and I wait till 20, if I wait till January of 2021, I'm just going to be behind, right? I need to start this now. I need to take decisive action. It's it's all about negotiating up front and, mm-hmm. and, and finish that negotiation and make that call instead of, oh, I'll just wait till February of next year. Make sure that the year starts off okay. Make sure that I have enough money to get me through Christmas and the holidays. No, if this is the decision you have and you need to make that decision, you have to take decisive action, work through the negotiation up front, yeah. pull the trigger and make it happen instead of keep pushing things off because that's what people do. Yeah. Oh, I love that, man. I love that. You're speaking my language, dude. Um, so obviously terrifying, but you made the decision. Yes. Um, you know, and I think one of the big reasons, one of the big reasons that when you and I were talking about it was like, we looked at where you were at, you know, you've gotten to a point where you're, you're bringing in that 10 to 12 K a month pretty regularly now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're like, you're doing that wall in a nine to five. Like what, like what yeah. happens when you don't have the nine to five, right? And it was like, yes. the and you and I talked about like worst case scenario, let's say Xander's delusional and everything that he's taught me is just all going to crumble in, in the next two to four weeks. Right. Yeah. And, and you were like, worst case scenario, I'll figure something out. And like, now you've made a little extra money. You've saved a little extra money because you were making money on the side. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're not going to die. Your family's going to be okay. Even if Xander's yeah. delusional and spitting lies the whole time. Um, but the upside is insane. Right. Yes. And I think that's yes. really what we started to focus on. It's like when you started to look at the percentages of like, you know, we literally, literally just took like a logical walkthrough, like worst case scenario, this yeah. happens and I'll actually end up being okay. And the chances uh-huh. of this happening are like 2%. Yeah. Right? And then yeah. there's like this whole other 98% of like what is most likely to happen and then the really high upside. And it's like, you just can't ignore that stuff. Right. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. And, and, going back to that was I was working. So on my nine to five, I, as a consultant, I was working hourly. So 
I would take my lunch break and use that as my my um, my sales call, right? So I would be, <laughs> I would literally be. I on remember the phone. you telling me, Alexander, I legitimately can't enroll more clients because I yeah. can't take more calls. I don't have it, time. <laughs> I, yeah, my schedule was maxed out. I was booking people through the next month, but every every so I would take uh, my lunch hour and I would do my sales call. I would take another sales call right after work around 5.45. My wife hated me because I have you know, got kids yeah. and I'm doing this over dinner hour. But she's like, this is what you need to do. So that's another thing is just having somebody in your in your corner that's and like- having, Being willing you. to have that that tough communication with your wife, with yes. your kid and say, honey, yeah. Alex, for the next two to three months, I'm not going to be the best husband or dad mm-hmm. because I have to yeah. do this so that I can be that dad that's there for our kids. Exactly. Yeah. And that was a, that was a tough conversation, but she's on board with everything. And that's, that's whole another conversation we can have, but yeah, I was working, I was working noon hours and then I would work after I worked my nine to five. And then on weekends, Saturdays, I was building programming. I was having group calls with my clients. And then Sundays I would try to keep sacred to the family and go to church. We spend time with the family. Some things would bleed over into Sundays, but I tried not to try to keep one day where I was like, this is this is our family time. Yeah. I'm not going to let this happen. However, Monday through Saturday, we're maxed out with the nine to five. And then these, the, the lunch hours, like I would eat my lunch at my desk back on the nine to five at, at one or one fifteen, And you'd have to take your lunch hour to actually do calls. <laughs> yes. So, but it took that. And I knew that that's what it was going to take. And I was, but I was willing to put the work in. I was willing to make it happen. I think just knowing that, to trust the process. And when you see the results, then it's important for you to follow those results instead of just saying it's a fluke. This is probably just a bunch of BS and this is not going to go anywhere. But as you follow the process, as you keep down that path and you see the results, you see how, and you see the transformation of the guys you're putting through the program, you start taking that messy action. You see that it's a transformational program for these guys started out eight weeks Now it's at nine weeks and these guys just, they keep, they want more. I don't have time right now to set up a backend program or anything else besides my core program. And that's okay. But these guys want more, you know, they're going through this program and they want more. They love it so much that they want to continue training with me. So it shows me that I'm, I'm doing something right. Yeah. That's amazing, man. I love that. And obviously I think one thing, one thing to mention, right. is like uh, the tough times end, right. So it's like, if you, if you, if you commit 100%, Right. It's like, if you do, if you do, if you don't commit and you don't go for it, you stay stuck in this weird limbo space, which sucks yeah. for everybody. You're, you're working too hard. You're spending money. You're not getting results and you're, you're, you're not doing anything fulfilled. But if mm-hmm. you fully commit, you, you leave first base to steal second, then eventually there's a, there's a scary time in between first base and second base, but eventually yes. you get to second. Right. And yes. I know you just, you just took a, a holiday vacation with the family where you mm-hmm. got to take you know, like a week or two off or something, go up yeah. north and like actually yeah. get to spend a bunch of time with them, right? Exactly. And literally I had, I had two days saved for vacation time in my nine to five. And I looked at our, our calendar in December and I realized I wasn't going to be able to take our family to Montana to have our family reunion. And it was like, well, that's another reason why I shouldn't be in this blast of nine to five, because I can't even take time <laughs> off with my family to go on vacation. Yeah. And so that was another big reason. It was just like, I, I don't mind working. I want to work hard, I want, but I want to build my own empire. I want to build my own business and be accountable to myself. And if you, yeah. if that's another thing for, for some people, it's hard for them, right? It's hard to hold themselves accountable and be disciplined. 
However, if you're an entrepreneur and you want to make this happen, you have to take accountability. You have to take that discipline on because that's what's going to push you. That's what's going to make you successful. So yeah. if, but if you're not willing to do that, then it's, it's not going to happen. Yeah. It's like, you want to take, you want to take the 10 days off to go to Montana for your, for your family reunion and have that flexibility. Well, you got to be accountable for the other 300 plus days during the year. Yep. Right. <laughs> yeah. You, you just have to, but on the flip side, right. Is that, is that reward at the end or yeah. when you can take those three days off on the weekend, you work, you work really hard during the other days. And then you can plan in the time you have, you want to spend with your family and, Stepping away from the military was, you know, you're locked in this, this, this corporate, massive corporate world of being in the service, which is amazing in a lot of aspects, but at the same time, they own you, right? They own your time. You have to put in for leave. You have to put in for all these, everything you do, literally you got married. You have to put in a request shit to get married. Just things like things that are crazy, right? So you give away a lot of your freedoms in the service. I stepped into corporate world and I realized it's even tighter, man. And maybe not the request shits, but like, I don't get any time off, you know, and that was a rude awakening for me. So yeah, you're going to make some money and you're going to look great on paper, but the time with your family is, I mean, your phone's going to potentially be going off, you know, when you're on vacation and it's just, I want to be able to set my schedule. I'm going to be disciplined. I'm going to make this happen. However, it's going to provide a lot of freedom on the back end. Yeah. Dude. I love that, man. Um, So obviously I feel like I could keep talking to you about this for hours, but uh, we'll kind of wind it down to a close here. I want to just ask you a couple of quick things. Um, number one, what do you think for you personally has been the most valuable skill, uh, to getting your business to where it is now? Uh, definitely getting on learning sales, right? I'd never have done sales before. I actually did a, I tried doing sales before more of a door to door kind of a thing yeah. as a job. And it, I hated it. But when you find your passion, your purpose, your calling, whatever you want to call it, then the sales is like, you're just sharing, right? You're just sharing with people and it's up to them whether they take the information they want to run with it or not. You're just giving them the information. And if it's your passion and you can show them that and you can be like, I'm gonna, I can transform you. I can make this amazing thing work for you. And if you take it or leave it, whatever, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Then you can, you can feel that in your heart that you're doing what you want to do for other people and you're serving people. Then that whole sales piece kind of fades away and it, it falls away. You know, it's no, it's no longer selling yeah. it's coaching. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so that was the biggest lesson for me. I think the biggest thing that I needed to learn was to bring somebody through that process of finding what their problems are and digging into that. And then being able to agitate that a little bit and being like, well, what's, what's really going on and then providing a solution. And just, it's a very simple process. However, I didn't, I didn't know how to do that. And so yeah. I think that was, that was the biggest thing for me. Uh, number one was getting on sales calls and making them happen. Awesome. I love that, man. Um, one more question for you around that. What was one of the biggest mistakes that you made throughout your, you know, two to three year journey of dabbling on the side and then finally really committing and making it happen? What was one of the biggest mistakes you made as a coach? Hmm. I think playing it safe early on, I think I could have jumped in sooner. Mm-hmm. I think I could have gone all in sooner. I, I kept waiting for that perfect time, that yeah. perfect moment, that perfect month to be making enough money to whatever. I could have started this back in the beginning of, of 2020, but I didn't. I waited and waited and waited. I knew each month that passed, I knew that that was something I needed to do, but it took me a minute to get there. Yeah. And I think that that was probably something that, that was the biggest, I guess, downfall is just waiting too long, yeah. right? I could have stepped in. I could have been further. 
Yeah, that's dangerous too, because for a lot of people, each month that they wait, it doesn't get easier to be decisive and say yes and commit, right? Yeah, no. It's harder, <laughs> man. You you because you keep you keep playing games with your mind, you know? And if and then if you don't make that decision, if you don't negotiate, it's just harder. It really is. You have to commit to it. And you know, you're never gonna know all the the answers, right? You're never gonna be hundred percent confident. And that's okay. Sometimes you just, you're going to have to take that step, that leap of faith, that, that step out there. Right. And you can't move anywhere. If you're a ship stuck in the Harbor, just yeah. anchored there, you're not going to go anywhere. You have to get, you know, open up your sails and see what happens. You yeah. know, it's just, you have to, you have to take that journey. And I think the, a lot of people are living with unmet potential, right? They have that potential that, that they have a purpose and that, and that drive inside of them, but they keep telling themselves that, it's not going to work or yeah. they don't have enough money or whatever it is. There's, there's and, an excuse behind them not making yes. the decision to go forward. Yeah. Yeah. And so coming from the SEAL teams, you'd think that I wouldn't have any fears or, you know, doubts or whatever, yeah. like confidence would be off the charts, man, it's, it's a real thing. And I've had, I have in a, my ups in a firefight. Yes. As an <laughs> entrepreneur, not so much, not so much. <laughs> but this is what I want to do. And this is a, the, what I feel called to do. And so I'm willing to get out of my comfort zone, man. I really am. And I think that's, I think it's going to serve me in 2021. I really do. I have a long ways to go. I really do. But being here with you and the team and having that support behind me is, is going to, is what I need, right? It's, it's yeah. what I need to, to move to the next step. And I see the income coming in. It's, it's going to continue to grow. And I have uh, amazing, um, I don't know, just, just, forecast for this year for me and this business it's right now I'm just I'm I have all these ideas right and I have all these these things in my head and I'm just talking to the coaches I'm like what do I do next right what do I what do I do how do I how do I take the time that I have now and implement what I really need to do so um yeah I'm excited about this year man I really am I love it dude I love it last last question for you what's the coolest thing you ever got to do as a Navy SEAL (laughs) Jeez, that's a tough one man (laughs) Wow. Honestly, I think just being a part of the most elite platoon operator team, whatever you want to call it in the world. Like when I was in Hawaii, just be feeling that you are literally the only platoon in the world that can do what you do. The the amount that you train to prepare for that, and then actually going out the door to execute and being in country, being off offshore, off some country and actually doing some national taskings to serve the country and just feeling that pride, like literally nobody else in the world can do what we're doing right now and being there and accomplishing missions just feeling that sense of pride i think that was one of the biggest things for me which is being subsurface and and feeling yeah. what it feels like to just man to to be serving your country in that aspect and just to see the progress that you've made <sighs> the journey you've made to get there and to be a part of that and feel something special yeah um i get goosebumps just thinking about it and being in that moment but um it's kind of an as- abstract i have a lot of stories that i can dig into we're gonna have to do on another call we'll, ha- we'll have to do another time <laughs> i have a lot of, i have a lot that we can talk about for sure for sure man Beautiful, dude. Well, I'm looking forward to making sure you get more of that feeling in in 2021, obviously. But thanks for coming on the show, Josiah. I think this has been super helpful for everybody. Where can everybody learn more about you and the warrior calling? Yeah, absolutely. So the easiest way is if you're on social media is on Instagram at the warrior calling is my Instagram. And then I have a website, the and they can, folks can go on there and see what I'm, what I'm up to. We can book calls there. And, but Instagram is probably the best way to, to reach out. 
Beautiful, man. Thanks for, so much for hopping on, Josiah, and for, for everybody yeah. out there. Obviously, if you're listening to this in podcast land, if you want to catch these interviews live on video, uh, you can catch them in our Facebook group. Go to xanderfryer.com forward slash FB group. Um, and for everybody who's, uh, who's interested in getting our help to fully commit, uh, you know, leave first to steal second base and, and really take your business full-time, go to xanderfryer.com forward slash programs. You can check out our programs, set up some time with us to see if we can actually help you get there. Thanks a ton, Josiah. Yeah, you bet, Xander. Thanks a lot. Take care.